Welcome to Fun is Fundamental. Fun is Fundamental is a podcast for those who realize that the enjoyment of life is about having something deep in our souls which lights our fire. It's for those who maybe have lost that fire and feel like they are missing out on the pleasures of life. In each episode, I will share recent fun activities and focus on why having fun is essential for good health. I'm your host, Alenia, and I invite you to take this journey with me and join the pleasure-seeking movement. All right. Uh, good afternoon, Erin. How are you doing today? I'm excellent. How are you today? I'm doing good. Um, I guess, you know, just to start off with, do you, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience and what you what you do, what you're passionate about? Sure, absolutely. Uh, my name is Erin Copeland. That's Erin with an E, Copeland, no D. People like to think of the composer and I'm not him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my passion right now really is in supporting the caregiving community. I was a caregiver for my husband for over 10 years. Uh, he had liver cancer and a liver transplant and countless procedures and surgeries in between being diagnosed and having the transplant. And I was his sole caregiver. And so it was not easy. And a lot of what is out there really, I feel served a caregiving community that I didn't fit into. And so I, I, it was actually two years after his transplant that I was called to write my story. And I published a book, uh, Welcome to Caregiving, The Things Caregivers Never Talk About. And um, to focus really on my journey, you know, our stories, his story and my story, you know, they're, they're intertwined, but really on my perspective as opposed to the cancer survivor's perspective because there's a lot out there on cancer journeys. And I feel like not so much about the caregiver journey. Yeah. And definitely. so I really, yeah. So I really focused a lot of time and energy. I did the book and I've been trying to create a lot of free resources just to help support the community and, and get more people talking about it. Yeah. There's, and you know, rightfully so there's a lot of focus on the the person that's sick, but absolutely. But obviously those around them also have a journey and, you know, struggles and everything. So, yeah, 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 th yeah there were a lot of things that um, that I took on that just because of the medical state he was in and the times he was in the hospital. And, you know, I kind of joking, I said, I mean, at least he got drugs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't have any drugs. And so there's a lot of things that the caregivers carry that like my husband read my book and he was like, really, this happened, that happened, this, I, you know, because he just doesn't remember. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So you had stated that there, the resources for caregivers uh, previously before your book uh, didn't really speak to you, didn't really support you. Uh, what did that look like? What did that look like? What were, what were, what was out there? So for me, what I found, there were kind of two things. There were, you know, I got resources for support groups and I just wasn't a group goer. Like I really didn't feel like I, and it wasn't my responsibility necessarily, but I didn't feel like I could hold space for other people. And so being in that group setting didn't serve me well. And then on the flip side, there were books and things that were out there that were just like, you are a caregiver. You are an angel sent from heaven. Just you are an amazing miracle worker. And I didn't feel like that either because I had feelings, like actual real human feelings. So some days I was angry. Some days I was sad. I was frustrated. I felt guilty. Um some days resentment because there were things I wanted to do, places I wanted to be, things I wanted my life that I wanted happening in my life that couldn't. And then when we feel those things and there's nobody there to talk about it in a community that's not being served that way, you can start to feel really crappy. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. And then you're, you're just like, feel like 
you're not being heard, but also like it doesn't make you feel like more guilty because you have all these feelings and you're right. Like I should, should, right. I mean, how terrible, like my husband, he's my most favorite person. And so to be like, I'm mad at you because you're in the hospital and I can't work. And (laughs) it doesn't doesn't seem to make sense, but they're very real feelings and it. That's, that's what happens. So. Yeah. It just, it sounds like it's like, it's complicated like you know you can feel a lot of things at once kind of thing yes yes was there any parts of your journey that you didn't feel comfortable like was hard for you to talk about in in your book yes (laughs) (laughs) there were there were I have throughout the book sections I I just called in hindsight because I could really only see what was happening literally years later. And there's one story I tell in the book and it really, I just kind of feel the knot in my stomach when I retell the story now. Um, After my husband's transplant, he had some complications and he had to go back into the hospital and they weren't really sure what was happening. And he had a fever and he was in the like ER, but they just hadn't moved him to a room. They were trying to find space And it it was just a very weird time and he was safe and it was my sister's birthday and she was having a salsa dancing party. And so I left the hospital to go to a salsa dancing party. And when I reflect it back on it, in my mind, I can only make sense of it as If I'm doing normal things, he can't be sick. Nothing can be wrong. He, he is fine. So I can do X, Y, Z. And I got down to the event. I was maybe there for 20 minutes and I was like, what, what am I doing? What, why, why am I in this space? This is not, this is not right. This is not where I want to be. This isn't you know, and people were coming up to me like, oh my gosh, your husband had a transplant. Oh, that's fantastic. That's a miracle. And I'm thinking, but he's, he's back in the hospital and this is, this is terrible. And, and I left and I went back to the hospital. Um, but it was a, a very strange lapse in judgment, even, even looking back on it today. And now it's, we just celebrated his seven year transplant anniversary and he's doing fantastic but it's really hard for me to tell that story because it just feel it still feels icky that I wasn't um I don't feel like I was appropriately supportive of and aware of the situation and what was happening yeah do you do you think you were kind of just like in denial for a minute there that you're just kind of like yeah absolutely yes that's why I said like if he's fine. If I can go do this, then, then that means he's fine and everything is normal in the world. And it, yeah, I just kind of disassociated from the entire situation and said, I'll just go dance, which I ended up not doing anyway. And it was loud and it was salsa and my husband wasn't there to dance with me. And it was, it felt wretched. And, um, yeah. So that was, a, that was a really hard one to write about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ha- when other like caregivers have like read, read your, your words, read your book, has, has anyone like been like, oh yeah, I had an experience where I like, like something similar happened where like they like were trying to like act like everything was normal. And then it's just like, I haven't gotten a really, I haven't done a really good match for that story. Cause that one. That's a little bit out there, but I've gotten so many beautiful responses to the book. And, you know, some of my favorites are from people who have been through the journey. And even if it was, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, they just go, oh, I wish I had had this. I wish I, because yes, you nailed it. This is what it's like. And I wish I had this when I was in the middle of it 20 years ago. So those are my, those are my favorites. That's great. So obviously caregivers often feel like they have to do it, do it all, you know, obviously. Um, and, you know, 
it makes sense. But why why do you think that like it's hard for the caregivers to ask for help? I think, and this was particularly hard for me because I, that is just my personality <laughs> to, to just do all the things. And I think it's hard for caregivers to ask for help because they're not, they're not sick. And so they should be able to just step in and do the things. And the things all seem very minuscule in the moment, like filling my husband's pillbox. It's a pillbox. You take the pills, you put them in the box. It doesn't take a huge amount of time. You fill the pillbox, you drive them to an appointment. I get individually the things that I like to call them the other duties as assigned. <laughs> like in the job description, they always write at the bottom, other duties as assigned. And those little duties start to add up. And if we don't stop and pause to take care of ourselves, that overwhelm and those feelings like, like the pillbox, even though it was a simple task, for me, it took on life or death meaning because I knew he needed those pills to live. And I knew if I messed them up, he could die. And so the weight every week, and I will live that every week for however many years I did the pillbox for him until I was like, hey, wait a minute. Why are we still doing your pillbox? <laughs> You're capable of doing this. Um, these little tasks start to take on a heavier weight and a bigger meaning. And so caregivers, I think it feels, it can feel silly to be like, I need someone to fill the pillbox for me. I need someone to go to the grocery store with me. It, it feels so little, but it's, it's really not. Well, yeah, because it's it's compounding, right? It's not yep. it's not about the what that one thing that you're asking for help about. Yeah, no. yeah. How can caregivers find ways to, you know, do self care when, like, things are life and death? You know, like it's like it, yeah. I'm sure it feels selfish to like do something for yourself. <laughs> it can. And that's why the, the term self-care always feels funny to me because it just, it feels like another thing on the to-do list. It, it feels selfish. I think there's parts of the self-care industry that have made it feel more like pampering, like it's all spa days and you know, things that take more of a time commitment. And so I really like to reframe it from self-care into taking a pause because you're going to have to go back to the thing. It's not like the self-care cures the caregiving or ends anything that you're going through. It doesn't stop anything, but finding those five minutes and maybe that's all you literally have. Maybe you're in the hospital with somebody and you have five minutes to go stand out or sit on a bench in the sun for five minutes self-care, taking the shower. I love to talk about showers because sometimes when you're in the middle of it, washing your hair is a really big deal. Like it takes a lot of effort. <laughs> they, they, some people refer to it as the impossible task because it just feels that big. And so taking the pause in those moments, like you get to celebrate that you bathed, you get to buy the body wash that smells nice that when you're in a shower, you're like, okay, yeah. Whether it, you know, it's the peppermint, the lavender, like whatever thing kind of lights you up for those three minutes that you're in the shower. So finding those pauses, singing in the car. So finding this is mindful moments, I think are really, really important ways to help soften the journey. Mm -hmm. How, uh, I guess then it's like, you know, how can like a caregiver ask for help or find a support system? You know, like how, how, how does, how do you go about asking someone and be like, can you do this one thing so I can go take a shower? <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. <laughs> and the asking for help part, it's still, it is very hard and there's so many times people would ask me like, Hey, can I help you? Just tell me what you need. And 
I could not articulate what I needed because I couldn't figure it out myself. Even to say, go to the store. If I asked somebody to go to the store for me or do an Instacart for me, I wouldn't be able to tell you what I needed because I was just that far underwater. And so what I've tried to do is really expand the resources even beyond caregivers to the people who are supporting them. It's like on my website, I have something that's like 10 ways to support a caregiver. And it's just things for people just to do for them. You don't need, don't ask permission. Don't know if they want, just do it. Send them the dinner, send them like some Instacart staples. My best friend used to send me because she knew before I was going to the hospital, I would get up at like five in the morning. I'd go through the, the Starbucks drive-through so I could get to the hospital by 7 a.m. for before rounds. So I didn't miss anything that was happening. So every Monday, she sent me a new Starbucks gift card. It was just in my email and I'd wake up like ping, be like, oh, I can get coffee. And so just finding those little things, just send them a text, send them a playlist. Hey, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of you, of you. Mm -hmm. And it really goes a long way. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess having like the brain space to articulate like what it is that you need is is, can be hard as you know when you're so overwhelmed and so just someone like making that effort to just is like just be like you I don't need you to tell me anything I'll just like do this thing for you yeah right yeah no I had a friend once and she just said I'm gonna send you Chipotle for dinner tonight tell me what you want and and I just I mean there's a, there is that space you need to find to just say, yes, thank you, <laughs> which can be, which can be hard. It can be hard for people. And I did, I just said, yes, thank you. I would like <laughs> vegetarian salad and she did it and it appeared and it was like magic for me and I loved it. Yeah. I bet. I, you know, it it makes sense that we don't talk about caregivers because you know it, it, you know in our it's like they're okay kind of thing yep. um but do you do you think that we need to be having more conversations around like caregivers and what it what that entails absolutely absolutely i have a friend of mine who is a breast cancer survivor And she read my book from the patient perspective and she called me and she said, we really have to get this in the hands of younger generations so that they understand what mom's going through, taking care of grandma. They understand contributing to the family. They they understand what might be coming down their path because we don't talk about it. And no one says, hey, I mean, aside from like the people are like, hey, I want to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. being a caregiver is still not the same it's still not the same because you have your whole life and then all the other duties on top of that life and it comes unexpected nobody plans for it like okay in 2023 let's get the cancer and then you'll take care of me and then we'll do like it doesn't happen that way and so that element of just being completely caught off guard and then feeling like you don't have resources, it just adds to the overwhelm. So yeah, having these conversations is just so important. Yeah. Well, and like, I mean, you know, for my, for like my generation, um, I'm a millennial, our, our parents are baby boomers and they're entering in, you know, into their elderly years. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, realizing that that's, could be in your future that you will have to, I'm sure have to help your parents in some way you know kind of thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I and it's I mean funny in a not funny way my husband is 25 years older than me I was very aware going into our relationship that at some point it was likely I would need to take care of him I did not think it was going to be when I was 34 <laughs> Yeah. And he, he was, he was only 60, 65. I, he, that wasn't, that wasn't the plan. 
Yeah. The plan was he was like 90 and 70. It wasn't that was it wasn't the plan, which is the point. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Universe kind of chuckles when we try to make plans like that. Yeah, no. I mean, you know, it when it comes down to it, people unfortunately get sick at all ages, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes, the the pandemic taught us that. A lot of people became caregivers for all ages and places and yeah so yeah definitely how can caregivers find a way to have a little fun you know no it is and I I really do appreciate this question because there are ways that we can have fun and again it doesn't have to be big ways so I just put out um, as a free resource on my website five ways to celebrate without cake or champagne. And they're kind of broad topics, but again, it's about celebrating the little things because we celebrate birthdays. We celebrate anniversaries. If we get a promotion, we'll stop and we celebrate it. But we don't frequently stop, especially I'm going to bring up the shower again. You're feeling really lousy and you managed to bathe and wash your hair and blow dry it you get to take two minutes and you get to celebrate that moment. And we don't, we don't do that. And so I just put out just five and they're very broad ways, but like one way would be to anchor. So I finished reading a self-help book that I really enjoyed. And I bought myself a little rose, like ceramic piece to sit on my nightstand. And it reminds me of that book. And I worked through it and it, make, it brings me joy. It makes me happy. And it sits there and it reminds me of this little accomplishment. It was not expensive, but it's just a little anchor, a little reminder. Um, pausing to reflect, even if it's just a journal. Like, hey, oh my gosh, this month we've been through this, you know, my when my husband was transplant, even if I had taken some time to maybe journal, like, okay, it's been like three weeks. He's been in the hospital and we didn't know what was going on. Now we figured it out and now he's getting his treatment. And what did I learn from this? That reflection, you can find moments to celebrate and have fun in that journaling experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I love coloring. I love adult coloring books. I love to color. I did a whole bunch of it as a caregiver and you can get creative with it. They have a lot of fun coloring books. It's one of the things I want to make It's a coloring book for caregivers that goes through like all the feelings and stuff. It's on my list of things that I really, really want to make. And those just those big packs of pens. So just very childlike. You just get to like go into this beautiful childlike space, the big pack of markers in all different colors and just color. And it's meditative. So it gets you out of that busy brain and just lets you create. And you can do it in you know, you have a couple minutes here, a couple minutes there, like just those kinds of small celebrations that can be fun and they can be to celebrate small accomplishments. Yeah, definitely. Um, I love your idea for a, a coloring book for me, you know, about, yes. you Um, I always like to ask my uh, guests, how do you define fun? Gosh, first word that comes to my mind is laughter, like things that make me laugh. My And my husband, I tell you, he makes me laugh every single day. I'm so, so grateful for him. But laughter... Um, I feel like a lot of times movement. So when you get to be silly, when you get to dance, like when you're cooking dinner, when you, those kinds of things are so much fun to me, that movement. Um, and then, like I mentioned with the coloring, just going back to that childhood feeling, like there's just so much joy in that to me. And that's just so much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, when's the last time you laughed so hard it hurt? Ooh. <laughs> I was pretty close this past weekend. I was with my sister and my husband, and I, I I still haven't put them out there. I made 
little short like videos like for TikTok. And I'm also a massage therapist. And so they're massage related and they're very silly. They're very silly. I'm, I have my face through the face cradle and I have it, I'm filming up. So my face is through the face cradle. So it looks ridiculous and it's very silly. And I was showing my sister. So I'm like, I don't know. I did these, but they might be too silly. And she laughed so, so hard. She just had tears and everyone I showed, I did like seven or eight of them. Everyone I showed her, she just laughed harder. And so I'm laughing and my husband's like, you guys, this is like, you're being, this is ridiculous. Like, it's really not that funny. And we were just in tears laughing so hard over just these ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous little videos. That sounds fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like to ask people what their play personality is. So according Ooh. to the Institute of Play, there's eight play personalities. Okay. There's the Joker, the Creative, the Explorer, Storyteller, Competitor, oh. Kinesthetic, Collector, mm -hmm. and Director. And you oh can be more goodness. than one. Yeah, there's definitely more than one in there. Um, definitely creative, definitely storyteller, definitely competitor. <laughs> Which kind of goes hand in hand with that kind of caregiver who thinks they can do all of it. That's mm -hmm. for sure. I yeah, in my book, I talk about different kinds of caregivers. And I'm like the desert tortoise kind. It's like by themselves. And I will just hiss at you if you get too close and withdrawn <laughs> to my shell. And then the other end of the spectrum, there's like the meerkats. And the actual collective noun for a meerkat is a gang. And so <laughs> when it's just like the whole family and everybody's there and everybody's doing stuff. So there's so many different kinds of caregivers. But anyway, definitely competitive. Yeah. Creative, storyteller, competitive. Those are me, for sure. Yeah. I always like to hear hear the, the combinations that people are. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, Where would you go on your dream vacation? My dream vacation. I feel like Fiji. Today I'm feeling Fiji. It always feels very far to me. So every time I look at it, I'm like, because I'm in Florida. And so I'm like, that's like the other side. <laughs> but those huts like that are over the water that are nice and secluded and you have to like take a little boat out there. Like, I would love that. I would love that. Yeah. It does seem like it's like a dreamy kind of place. Like, yes. It's almost like how is this place real? <laughs> yes, exactly. You get to watch all the fish in the water and the beautiful blue waters. And yeah. Someone to row on over and bring me breakfast and row on over and bring me dinner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and row on over and clean it up and row on over. <laughs> so yeah. That's all included in the dream vacation. <laughs> yeah. 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 Where you don't have to like lift a finger. <laughs> no, no. And I don't feel guilty about it either. That's included. In well, yeah, you're, you're like you. I thought you paid for it, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh. What makes you feel luxurious? Time makes me feel luxurious when I feel like I have time that I don't need to rush anywhere or do anything that which goes with my Fiji we're building an excellent vacation here because, <laughs> because that's that's the luxury of it is I just get to be and I don't have to think about or do anything that's luxury yeah we're always so busy so <laughs> mm-hmm especially for caregivers, all those other duties, like to just not have those. My husband and I, after his, 
after it was after his transplant, he was back to work, but he was still, I would go with him on some of his work trips to help carry heavy things and just kind of play secretary a little bit. And we had a couple days before a meeting, he was asking me a question, can I eat this with that? Or I I said, I don't, I don't want to be the nurse today. Like you're fine. Eat your French fries. Just let, just let me be the wife role for just a day. We'll be fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We'll be fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. Especially with like it, you know, just today, right? Just today. (laughs) Tomorrow I'll tell you not to eat the French fries, but today. (laughs) Um, Would you rather have a maid or a chef? A maid. I love to cook. I love to cook. And if the maid was there to clean up my messes, I would love to cook even more. But I love cooking. I really, really enjoy it a lot. And my husband does too. So it's one of those things that um, that we get to do together sometimes. And so it's enjoyable for us. Yeah. Yeah, it is fun. It is fun when you have that, you know, relationship where you can do those kind of things together. Yeah. Yeah. Would you rather have a pause button or a rewind button? I'm going with pause. I'm going with pause. I wouldn't want to keep doing things over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember the show. There was a show, must have been in the 80s, called, was it called Out of This World? And Evie, she was half alien, half human. And she would be able to touch her fingers together, point her fingers together. And she was, she could stop time. She could freeze time. And I, ever since I saw that show, when I was a child, I was like, that's I would love that just pause it give me 10 minutes I'm running late to meeting whatever just pause it so I can drink my coffee get there on time pause button for sure yeah I don't like actually like really remember that show but there's something like you talking about that I'm like I think I've seen this before like this is familiar (laughs) I loved it I loved so her dad was the alien and he was he talked to her through some glass pyramid that she kept on her uh, bedside table. And so her mom was the human. And so she lived human existence, but was, had alien powers. It was fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What do you prefer mountain or beach? I'm a beach girl. I'm a beach girl. I live in Fort Lauderdale and I love the warm ocean here and I like to scuba dive and yeah, I'm a beach girl. Yeah. Summer or winter? It depends where you are. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Because it is summer here in Florida and it is miserable and hot and, you know, we're conditioned as children because we get summers off to be like, summer's amazing, but I'm going to go with winter because the winters here are beautiful. And if you're a snow person, I'm not, I don't like the cold. I'm so I'm not a snow person for that, but snow can be beautiful. And I do like winter sports. So I'm going with winter today. Yeah. Winter. I'm yeah I I've been to Florida once and it was in May and it was hot and humid and I was like oh it's too much so oh it's not that's not even yeah (laughs) (laughs) that was just the beginning (laughs) yeah that was just the beginning no it's so hot (laughs) but yeah no I I agree it depends on where you are (laughs) yeah uh plane or car oh Uh, either one I'm only good for four hours <laughs> that's where I go at least the car you can kind of stop but the plane gets me to so many exciting destinations I'm going with plane yeah I'm going with plane yeah I can't drive to Fiji so I'm going with plane no yeah you got the possibilities for sure <laughs> <Yeah>. Um. <laughs> Call or text? 
Text first, then call. Again, it kind of depends. The text I'm kind of fine with, if it's anything of remote detail, just call me because I my thumbs get tired. <laughs> and I and I feel like the voice to text just takes even more time because you speak it and then you have to read it and then you have to fix it and then send it. So just call, just call me. Just yeah. Call me. And if I can't talk to you, I won't answer. And then I will text you and say, I'll call you back in 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you like more? Which do you like more? Cats or dogs? Oh, I love them all. I have cats. When I, I had dogs growing up and then when I moved out on my own, just in a little apartment, I was like, well, I don't want to get a dog because I just have this little apartment. I don't have a yard. So I'll just get a cat. And I've had cats ever since. I love them so much. Yeah. But I've never um, met a dog I didn't like and that didn't like me. So. Yeah. It's, I mean, dogs are just so sweet, you know, they're they just are. like so, so pure. <laughs> They are. And they love my, like when I go to clients' houses who have dogs for my massage work, like their dogs, it takes them one visit and then they realize I'll massage them. (laughs) The dogs are like, Aaron's here. They'll come over. Their puppy massage. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yes, please. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, no, I grew up with cats. So I also like cats. So yeah, it's a hard, it's a hard choice. I get it. Um, what would be your perfect day? The perfect day. This is always a tricky question for me because I do love my work and I always feel like a perfect day should be like a vacation day, but I like doing my work. So I like getting up and, you know, taking a walk, having my coffee doing some writing because I just, I love to write so much and probably a little beach time. I would do some cooking and then the maid would come and clean it. (laughs) Definitely cooking with the music on and just, you know, having that time again, that luxury, that time to be able to go to the market and pick up fresh ingredients to cook the amazing dinner and then just relax and be able to eat it. Not in a rush, not worrying about what's happening tomorrow, where I need to be, what I need to do and enjoying it. with. If you could have a superpower, what would you have? Oh, this question I love. If I could have a superpower, I would speak and understand every language in the world all of them mm-hmm. that would be my superpower i like it i i i actually i love a- asking this question because i always get different different answers it's great yeah. <laughs> i would be able to communicate with everybody and i would love yeah. it that yeah that would be great all right why don't we do a little bit of word association okay Okay. What do you think of when you think of the forest? Trees. Money. Money. Hmm. Abundance. Water. Scuba diving. Home. My husband. Cooking. Gourmet. The sun. Uh, The beach in Florida in the middle of August. It's like being on the surface of the sun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Music. Joy. Peace. Love. Travel. Adventure. Fire. 
Danger. Coffee. Cream. Pineapple. Papaya. A whale. Dolphin. Um, furry. Ooh, what was it? Furry. Furry? My cat bumper. Oh. <laughs> um, star. Galaxy. Spontaneous. Yeah. Combustion. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. <laughs> um, summer. Surfing. How about how do you feel about doing true two truths and a lie? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So think of your, your two truths and a lie. And I'm going to mm -hmm. guess. Guess what they are. Let's see. I have driven cross country. I am an excellent skier, and I have been swimming with sharks. Oh. Good ones. You have not been swimming with sharks? <laughs> 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 no, that's my truth. That's the truth. That's the truth. That's the truth. Um, you haven't driven cross country. I did. I did drive cross country. Oh. We lived in California and ended up moving to Florida. So I have driven, driven the 10 all the way across. Oh, how was that? <laughs> uh, long, long. Yeah. <laughs> not, not highly recommended. There were not detours really for adventure, so not highly recommended. <laughs> no, when you're moving, it's not the same as just like traveling. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Um, I would like to hear more about swimming with sharks. <laughs> so that was one of the most fun adventures ever. And if I had never gone scuba diving after that, it was worth it to get certified just to do that. I did it out in the Bahamas. And so scuba diving adventure. So you have your tanks, you have, you know, all your gear, they give you all these extra weights so that when you dive down, they have an area cleared at the bottom, almost like a little circle kind of mini arena kind of thing. And then they just tell you not to move. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they like super extra weight and your arms are held in. You're kneeling down so that there's no body parts flailing, flailing about that the shark might mistake for food. And then there's a gentleman and we said to him, does your mother know what you do for a living? Because he comes down with a crate of fish and he's wearing his wetsuit and then over it like a chain link vest and he has a spear and he spears the fish. And from out of nowhere, out of nowhere, hundreds of reef sharks, hundreds and hundreds just fill the space around you. And they're, and they're just going for the fish and they're swimming through your, your hair, under your legs, all around you. The giant grouper come and sit next to you so they can get the little fish remnants that fall just hundreds of sharks and then when the food is gone this is the most terrifying part they disappear and you're like where did you go i know you're here somewhere <laughs> they're just watching you because i just saw you <laughs> and now you're gone right just watching me from somewhere 
Yeah. It was fantastic. It was wow. fantastic. Oh my goodness. That's, cr- that's crazy. Yeah. Wow. And they know because the boat shows up at the same time every day to do this dive. So uh, the sharks know. So when the boat came, like you see all these fins popping up, and we're like, we're supposed to just jump through them. They're like, yeah, it's fine. Just go like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like if the sharks are like, hey, we know our food's coming. Like, right. Oh, it's treat time. We're going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And oh, so God. it was that same trip that we had done that dive and I really was very unafraid. I was not afraid in that moment. It was, I I felt like the people knew what they were doing. (laughs) And then we did a dive. It was either later that day or the next day. And there was one shark that we saw just kind of in the distance. And I lost my mind. I was like, poking my husband like this shark there's there's a symbol for shark and you put your hand on top of your head like a shark and I'm like wagging myself in the forehead like shark shark (laughs) and the one shark that I saw way out there terrified me way more than the hundreds that were swimming in my hair so (laughs) that's that's funny I mean I guess it's like it felt predictable maybe in in the moment of like yeah this is what they this is what they do yeah yeah they were like puppies. They were like little dogs. Like they would bump each other out of the way to get to the piece of fish. They, you know, kind of were playful about it and kind of aggressive about it. like dogs fighting over a bone. That's what they were like. But yeah, yeah. when that food was gone, psh, gone. That is so funny. Yeah. That's funny that they just were like, okay, we're done. Bye. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, That was really a great story and you 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 totally tricked me because you had mentioned something about like winter sports and so I was just like I'm sure she knows you know oh skiing I'm a terrible yeah. skier I'm a terrible skier <laughs> it's not pretty it's a terrible terrible skier. <laughs> um what what winter sports do you do 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 you enjoy doing um, as terrible as I am at it, I did enjoy skiing when we lived in California, Southern California, you know, we used to drive up into the mountains and stuff. I, I mean, I, now I haven't been in 15 years, so I don't know if I could, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I remember how to strap a pair of skis onto my feet these days, but yeah, I was never very good. Yeah. Oh, let's see. We got a few more minutes. Uh, if you had a dinner party what three people would you invite let's see I think I would let my husband come come. and someone they didn't ask me this question but Jim Morrison could be there who else? I don't know if you've ever heard of Marcus Limonis. He does. He used to do a show called The Profit. He's a he's a business guy. He would help small businesses like turn their businesses around. I find him to be very funny, and he seems very smart. And I would love to meet him. So my oh. husband Jim Morrison and Marcus Limonis. <laughs> <laughs> it's a divide, it's a diverse crowd, but I think. Yeah, yeah. It is. I, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing to say that just because it's diverse that like it wouldn't be the best time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is something that your, your parents, would say was like a crazy thing, like a silly, crazy thing you did as a child. They might say that everything I did was <laughs> silly and crazy. <laughs> My mom always liked to say, Erin used to come to us and she'd say, oh, I'm going river rafting with so-and-so this weekend and I would just go and I was the kid that was like, okay, I'm going to get my driver's license now. And I signed myself up for driver's ed and you just have to sign this paper and we're going to, and I'm going to do that. I'd be like, 
okay, Aaron. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go to college now and I'm going to do it in Santa Barbara. And they're like, okay, Aaron. <laughs> so I feel like kind of everything. <laughs> you were, even you were even like when I wrote my book, I was just like, hey guys, so I wrote a book and they're like, you, you what? <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, it's just like, well, of course you did. <laughs> of course you did. Yes. <laughs> but it's just like funny like they don't know while it's happening just like it's just like hey this thing happened <laughs> <Right> after yeah <laughs> yeah so you were you were a very like independent like just yes like, go, creative go, go and better yes always always oh. well we're getting close to our hour mark um i have loved our conversation <laughs> it's, been, it's been so much fun <laughs> where can the audience find you uh, my website is the best place it's got all my resources and all the social media handles and everything and that's aaroncopeland.com aaron with an e copeland no d i'll make sure to add it to the uh the notes so that no one makes beautiful it <laughs> <laughs> beautiful thank you well, thank you so much for being on, Erin. Thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah.